Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This reminds me so much of my time on Orchard Radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't laugh. Don't laugh. I am laughing. Orchard, Orchard Radio. Radio. For North Taunton. West, northeast. No, no, no. For Taunton and surrounding districts. Oh. Sunday mornings. Yes, my mate Phil Easton trusted me with a Sunday morning breakfast show, 10 till 1. And you I, I used to music? drive down there. Well, spin your own discs. Is it? You know, oh, spin. Yes. You weren't spinning yes. discs. No, I was. At Orchard I was on the wheels of steel. No, you weren't. I was. You weren't spinning them. Trust you were me. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't doing all that. Scratching. Yeah, you. Answer. Now, let's get it right. Yeah. Anyway, let's do the official uh, uh, work that requires to be done at this point. My name is Richard Keys. My name is Andrew Mullen. And this is the Keys and Gray podcast, with very occasionally. Mm, mm, mm. Star guest Nigel yes. de Young, who, who once again this week. When he's, when he's not with anyone more important than us. <laughs> well, we may not see him for some time, if that's exactly. the case. Um, thank you for your company. Now you found us, tell your mates, please, you can follow us on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod and spell it out Keys and A N D Grey Pod. And uh, as we've said many times, we're not associated to any particular broadcast network. We are totally independent. So what you get here is uh, both from the heart and accurate, I'd like to think, Andrew. Yes, I think so. Okay, so let's have a look. What have we got? Um, We need to start with uh, our selected list, or rather mine, probably. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. uh, Top five Mm. from this week. A couple of things that made me chuckle. A couple of things that made me chuckle and a couple of more serious things. Okay. And, uh, I, I, <laughs> as soon as I've found it, I will share this with you. Um, at number five. Right. Here we go. Okay. This is the Keys and Grey Top 5. Well, like a little bit of reverb on like there, that, don't like you? That. Yeah, he's good, Luis. The, 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 yeah. the reverb, I like reverb. Yeah, yeah quite like yeah, that. Very yeah, good, yeah. Luis. Whatever it is. Okay, Richard Jolly <laughs> tweeted this earlier in the week. This is quite staggering. Richard Jolly. Roy Hodgson uh-huh. is the sixth man to manage Watford since they last kept a clean sheet in the Premier League. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Seriously, no. <laughs> that's, that's extraordinary. That is extraordinary. There's also trouble afoot. So very quickly on the heels of number five, I want to share with you this week's number four. Okay. 
Now, as feuds go, the one between Roy Hodgson and Watford mascot Harry. Yes. Harry remember, the Hornet, yeah. Remember. Yeah, it's, it's the most overplayed in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to this article here I'm reading, I can't remember. Um, can't remember. Uh, anyway, grateful thanks to the author of this particular mm-hmm. piece of information. Harriet said, um, and, and uh, Roy faced an awkward reunion because Roy once said the mascot behaved disgracefully when Correct. taunting Wilfred Zaha by exactly. diving. Do you remember? Exactly. <laughs> so, on one side, uh, I think this is Andy Dunn. So, on one side is a grown man in a bug costume. On the other, a 74-year-old beginning his 23rd management job across his career, spanning 45 years. It isn't Hodgson who might feel awkward, is the summary here. What if, it's, what if it's not the same guy who's in Harry the Hornet? What are you talking about? What if it's not the same guy who's dressed up? Well, you can't explode that myth. That's like saying Father Christmas doesn't exist. Well, I'm not... Harry the Hornet. Father Christmas does exist. Of course he does. But Harry the Hornet. What if it was you who was in Harry the Hornet when you fell out with him and I was meeting him this week as Harry the Hornet? I'd be sat at home chuckling. (laughs) (laughs) So why might be falling out with the wrong man? But you... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now then, here we go to number three. Uh, This uh, more serious from uh, Sammy. In, in the Daily Mail, of course. Did he? Uh, yeah. Now, you see, I, I, the, the headline's right. Bernstein is right, but a right hypocrite. He's right. In a letter to the Sunday Telegraph, yeah. writes uh, Sammy this week, David Bernstein called for action over the use of the Y word mm-hmm. at football matches. I'm not going to use it because 10, 10, 11 years... Oh, by the way, happy anniversary. What for? 11 years this past week, you got the sack. Oh, right. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 That's right. Burns night. Yeah, yeah, I remember it, it well. Burns yeah. night will never be the same again. No. <laughs> That very thoughtful telephone call yes, that you got yes. from Sky and were told within 30 seconds that mm. it was up. Yeah, yeah. It was after nice. 22 after, years? After 20 odd years, yeah. That, that, yeah. I think it was, might have been 15 seconds. The guy on the other end was. Barney Francis. Barney Francis was, it wasn't his fault. He was very sheepish and embarrassed. But uh, well, he didn't 15 do a lot seconds. To, didn't do a lot seconds. to protect you. No, nothing he did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, I'm not using it because no. the, the reason I, I strayed there was because when we were at Talksport, I remember sitting down with Moose, Ian mm-hmm. Abrahams, mm-hmm. and talking about this. Um, it, it's it's not a nice word. But you've always felt this, haven't you? Yes. You sh- you you felt it should be categorised with the N-word. Yes, totally. Others like that. Totally. And that it never has been. And, up, and this is what Bernstein me. was arguing this right. past week. It's clear, he says, the use of the N-word and the P-word will not be tolerated in any circumstances, wrote Bernstein. Why then should this also apply to the use of the Y-word, which is equally insulting to many and has horrible historic connotations? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Tottenham can't... Tottenham fans, in my view, can't own this no, word. No. It's not theirs to claim ownership of. Um, but, but, but Sammy concludes this article by saying, if only Bernstein had been in a position of authority where he might have influenced this conversation earlier in his life, for instance, as chairman of the FA between 2011 and 2013. Absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing raising yeah. it now and leaping up and down about it, but, but he was in a position to affect the conversation about it and did nothing about it. You know, and here no, we are. Still. Is, is that... Could Bernstein have done something about it? Way yes, back then? of course. Yeah, of course he could. Yeah, not not. Was that a different? Were we in a different age? Then? No, I don't think bit? so. No. I don't think we were. In, I said to you, Andy, eleven years ago, we right. were having these conversations yeah. on Talk Sport. By the way, Roy Hodgson just texted me. How's that? We were just talking about him as well. I sent him messages <laughs> this <laughs> week. <laughs> I should have asked him to say Harry the Hornet. Roy. Okay, uh, number two. Derby County this week handed a lifeline, another mm. month, Andy, after a 1.25 million injection. Where did I, that come I, from? Do we well, know? this we don't know. No. Um, 
but the EFL has satisfied Derby can get through February now, uh, having been in receipt of those funds. Um, but does that work? Well, well it's, a, it's a big conversation. A stay this. of execution for a month. Ultimately, we might be back where we were, Certainly. which is that this club is likely to be liquidated. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about it since we first discussed this last week. Shouldn't that really be allowed to happen if, if this club can't function in the manner that, that you have to in order to be able to compete in the EFL and other leagues? Do we really need 92 clubs? Ah, well, I've always had this argument with you that England as a country um, is ridiculous to think that it, it, could, it can have 92 and I think they're still full-time, aren't they? The 92 clubs? Yes. Full-time yes. football clubs in a country the size of England. It's absolutely astonishing that more, more not only haven't gone to the wall, but have gone even part-time in the lower leagues to make things work. Yeah, I think it is extraordinary that there are still 92. Should it be allowed to happen? Should Derby just be allowed to go without any help, without trying to save it? No. I don't think so. But on the other hand... But I don't what think, help? Who I don't, can say yeah, I know, Derby can I don't think we should just be... They should be scratching one and a half million together for this month and then who's going to scratch another one and a half for the next month? If there's not a genuine, genuine prospective buyer out there. Yeah, you see, Leicester City started all this many years ago mm-hmm. when Mickey Adams was in charge and they, they slipped into... Um, uh, not They weren't in liquidation. They were in... What's the word I'm looking for? Administration. Administration, huh? They continue to pay the players mm-hmm. the full commitment of their contract right. whilst refusing to pay others around them out in the city, those that have brought the carpets in and the knives in the floor, in the new stadium. Yeah. So, so to all intents and purposes, sorry, we're not paying you. We'll continue to pay the boys. And they got promoted that year. Totally wrong. Totally. And that's why we ended up with a 12-point mm-hmm. deduction for clubs yeah. subsequently slipping into administration. But, but whether, you know, my own club's been there. Yeah, yeah. And would I advocate Coventry folding? No, but, think, but would I have to accept it if it were the right thing and, and, and people weren't being paid what they're mm-hmm. due in any other way a business would be folded Yeah, if that were the case? I mean, I think I played at Wolves when we went into administration. Yeah, you did. It. I did, didn't I? Many years ago. Yeah, that went into administration. Yeah. That had people who were prepared to buy it and come in and support it. But at the moment, it seems like no one, no one is prepared to take on Derby's debt. Martin Lipton from The Sun is at number two. Uh, Premier League refs are under pressure to accept VAR overturns, even if they're convinced they got the original decision right. Now, this is a nice way of saying, Martin, (laughs) very cleverly. Yes. They're being told what to do. There have been 49 VAR interventions this season in the Premier League. How many do you think were strong enough to go to a monitor, look at what they've been asked to, 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 to view again, and come away happy with their original call? Well, you see... I don't remember any, but if you, if you were to tell me that that had happened once, I would go no further than that. Not at all. Ah, there you go. I don't None. Remember. 49 times referees have been called to the monitor. 49 times they've changed their changed minds. Mind. Because, and what Martin is alluding to here, and what I'm happy to say, is because they are being told mm-hmm. on the way to the moniker, monica, monitor what decision they're going to make which is why it is absolutely critical that right, when they get you. to that monitor, we, right, at that point, turn on the audio Correct. and we must be allowed to listen. Right, let me ask you, do we know, or do you know, it's more likely, do you know through, I don't know, various contacts that you have, do you know who 
is telling them to change their mind. By that I mean, let's just say a senior official like Atkinson or Oliver goes to a monitor. Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that a junior official no. is telling them you need to change your mind? No. This is what I'm asking you. So who is telling them well, to change their mind? The way Keith Hackett phrased it when he was with us a couple of weeks ago, yeah. former chief exec of the PGMOL, he said, instead of taking instruction from somebody hovering in the background. Ah. Now, he knows full well ah. who that somebody is, and, and I think we all so do. So that's a senior member of the PGMOL? Yes, most likely the guy in charge, in right. my view. Right. And, and if I'm wrong, is he there I'll every, issue is another he challenge. A, is he in every bunker? Uh, not officially. Right. <laughs> now, I will issue another challenge right. to him. If I'm Go wrong, on. Mike, yeah. prove it. Prove it, yeah. Let's well, listen yeah. to that conversation. There's no reason not to allow us to, unless... You've something something to hide. is to be hidden. Yes, yes. of course yeah. it is. Don't get it. It's not. No, right. I don't. I don't get it. Absolutely not. And by right. the way, it is getting worse, isn't it? Yes, it is getting worse. Very much so. VAR is getting worse. Yeah, we started out better. first. First two games of the season, fine. Before the first break, it's been a shambles ever since. And number one this week. Go on. One by one. Let me try and let me one number one. It's got to be Everton, hasn't it? Oh, good. We're taking a risk today because we're going to talk to Reedy shortly. I know. Um, and and, and fr this being Friday morning, this Friday, Everton have said we'll make a decision by the end of the day. But what that decision is, we don't know. Vito Pereira. Um, and I couldn't believe this, Andy, earlier in the what? week. This, this one paragraph I highlighted. Vito Pereira um, is likely, this was Tuesday, Wednesday, to be appointed on an interim basis until the end of the season with an option to extend the deal. And this is the critical bit. Should he keep Everton in the Premier League. Is that how far Everton have fallen? That the primary job of anyone coming in now is to achieve success in a relegation battle? I find that horrifying. Yeah, I find it staggering. I find it horrifying. I mean, I've said all along to you, that, listen, I've said all along, Everton, listen, Everton not going down. Um, that's, that doesn't even enter my thought process. Not at all. So to, to think that you can bring in somebody who knows nothing about the league, I'm, I'm guessing he knows nothing about our league, does he? Nothing. Well, I, I think he, he's yet? been assistant, hasn't he, to, was it Carlos Caraglia? One of them. He, he's one been here them. previously as an assistant. Okay, well, he's, he's, he's experience of the Premier League is limited. And, and, and Everton, and ask him to do a Ralph Ranić, I'm guessing, then come in, and if you do well enough, you'll keep the job. And mm. if you don't, we'll get somebody else. And then what if he doesn't? What if he did finishes fifth bottom or fourth bottom? That's enough to guarantee him another crack at Everton for another year? Well, well, having got it so horribly and disastrously wrong with the appointment of Rafael Benitez, shouldn't Farhad Mashiri now be saying to everybody around and about him, what do we do at this point? Yeah. I got that wrong. Yes. And I can't afford another mistake. So what are we going to do? And at that point, start to listen to football people. Does he, though? Well, my, my, obviously not. See, there's Again, no one there now. What Benitez has done is stripped uh, Everton of, of, of a director of football, yep. um, where he would, I'm sure, have been a sounding board for, for Moshiri. Mm -hmm. Right? Gone. Marcel Brand's gone. Whatever anyone thinks about him, he was there as a sounding board, a footballing sounding board. And what's left for him? Who's, who's left to go to? Now, I know that we've talked about it. Graham Sharp's been um, voted on the board as a non-executive director of the club. Now, you couldn't get a more Evertonian person or, or a man who's steeped in Everton history than Graham Sharp. Um, you know, wonderful footballer. Uh, lived in Merseyside since he was about 20. Um, 
just been part and parcel of Everton well, since sort of he was 20. North Wales-ish. Well, he lives in North Wales now, but you know what North Wales, North Wales. Yeah, Liverpool's the capital of Wales anyway, so yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So he's been in and around the club for over 40 years, Gizzi. Now, there's a sounding board that Mashiri's got to use if he wants. And I just get worried when I hear all sorts of stories. I, I see Tim Cahill suddenly turned up at Everton last weekend to watch a game. Wonderful. Great idea, Tim. And now we see he might be involved in getting a job yeah. at Everton. I just find it staggering. Yeah. I find it staggering. But anyway. That's well, we'll talk more with Reedy, but yeah. that, that, that I thought was our top talking point this week. And uh, uh, your combative mate will join us later. Our first guest, Andy, is someone that we met uh, here in Qatar, I don't know, five, six years ago, Stuart Page, who was uh, Director of the International Cooperation and Anti-Corruption Policy Development at the ICSS, uh, discussing many times we have with him uh, match-fixing. Yeah. Yes. The reason I got in touch with him was this yellow card, this suspicious yellow Jacques card of Arsenal, allegedly, mm -hmm. right? Something he talked about, Stuart, to us previously, mm -hmm. said it will happen. Um, match fixing. We 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 spoke um, uh, recently, did we not, about this whole subject? Yeah. Um, and and it, it's it's not something that's going away. Nope. How prevalent nope. is it? Don't know. Stuart does. Um, wh wh where are we heading? Is it is it possible to to to, to get a grip on the problem? Um, all questions for our first guest, Stuart Page. So, Stuart, uh, good morning to you. It's a fairly lengthy mouthful. I, I, I rather suspect it's a job you're not doing anymore, <laughs> but you were at one point in charge of the anti-corruption policy development at the ICSS. Were you not? That's correct. Um, and um, it was a, a great time that I had there and um, learned and been able to pass on a lot of great information to many organizations in many places around the world as a firm foundation for the fight of sport integrity, especially in football. When you say integrity, sure, do you mean fixing of matches, etc.? No, no. Do you mean <laughs> honesty? I, I, do, do you know, it's, I mean, integrity covers a, a big area, doesn't it? Yeah, integrity is a big area. It's everywhere from uh, the safeguarding uh, to... Uh, you know, diversity to racism to a very big thing, mm -hmm. but in particular, one area that um, I've been really following closely for many years, for an exception, is match fixing uh -huh. and match fixing in football, which has never gone away, but it's actually got uh, bigger and it's also now just becoming even more uh, sophisticated as a crime. Right, okay, let, let's, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to Steve Darby, Stuart, who was a coach in Thailand for an mm -hmm. awful long time. Mm -hmm. And he explained to us that, that he, he saw it on a, on a weekly basis, um, football matches fixed. But he got to understand that, for instance, signed a new goalkeeper and the keeper said, look, I'm yours for 30 games of this season, but two are mine. And I can make from those two matches enough money to send the children to school and live well for 12 months. And he had to accept that that was standard practice. Is that acceptable? I don't think it's acceptable in any part of the game because once it starts creeping in, it's going to have to, unfortunately, uh, move all the way up the ranks. And if the player moves up the ranks too, he's taking what he's already been fixed once and he's taking that with him 
or her into a, a level of football later on that they can always be blackmailed against. And so it's, it's a really tough thing. I understand where the quality of having, you know, some leagues around the world, they hardly pay anything. Um, and it's a little even like the lower parts of the tennis where, you know, a lot of, there's even a lot of fixing that happens in tennis because not everybody gets the cash. So it's, if you, if you don't start instilling it then, then you're, you're never going to be able to stop it because everybody thinks it's okay to bend it a little bit more and mm-hmm. more and more. And, um, you know, when you look at a lot of the suspicious betting patterns, because that's where a lot is coming out today, it's remarkable that even in the last year, in some leagues that we think are quite a developed, smart, you know, honourable sort of leagues, Notice that there's been a lot in Spain and the Netherlands in mm-hmm. particular, ones that we don't think that would ever happen. So, you know, it, it starts at the grassroots, it keeps going up, and now with the betting and the globalization of betting and the digitization of getting it anywhere in the world, it's huge. And um, what's really fueled this is it, when the US said, you can now bet in any state and the sports betting market opened up there and the most online country in the world is the US. So can you imagine how much has been fueled by sports betting on any part of the game and the craving for different types of ways to bet? You can sit in Vegas now and you can bet on any part of a game from a coach being fired to anything. So. You know, the, the U.S. market that's now completely legalized in every state, it's a $150 billion industry. It's growing and it's growing and it's putting a lot of pressure on all parts of the game. What, 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 what got our attention this past week, Stuart, was this suspicious betting pattern around a yellow card in an in a Arsenal yeah. football match. Now, this is something we spoke about. You've told us, warned us about, yeah. myself and Andy. I don't know years ago um, we can't make any allegations we're not sure but but how much interest did you have in that story when it broke uh, a lot of interest I actually felt like that's exactly what's really starting to happen so sports betting now has become such a, a, a an interesting way to bet that everybody's trying to find something to keep the punters in so when that came up, it was absolutely logical. The first time the ball was kicked out in so many minutes. Uh, and there's so many different ways you can start betting on that it was always going to come up. Now, the, the thing about that one in particular is how do you police something? That's just an individual action. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it, and you it's very hard to prove it against the player. It just says, I accidentally hit it out. Uh, as opposed to the only reason that it was coming forward is the the money that was laid down on it was above the algorithm norm. So now we're starting to see that there's any type of way you can bet on a football game. You can bet if the coach is going to last, who's going to be the first sub, who's going to get this last goal, first goal, anything, first out thing. Because the market is craving not just the ordinary punt, but that so now we're talking from an individual who's 
looks like he could get a fair bit of money out of just doing a very harmless action to team efforts or to the new goalie. And we don't actually have any any sort of, um, which worries me, is do you see anything in the Football Association that says we're going to be looking at this and we're going to stop this or have any tools to stop this? So it was always the door was open, but nobody was brave enough. And now everybody's going to start being a little bit braver to slide into this uh, grey world, you could say, of what is a deliberate action or an accident. It, it sounds to me sure, that this is not going away, no matter what you do, or is there an answer to it? I mean, if this illegal betting in industry, for want of a better word, mm. is, is, is worth the billions that you say, it's not going anywhere. No, they're not going to allow it to disappear, surely. They'll fight to keep this alive. I mean, can you put a number on it, Stuart? Is it possible to, 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 to do that? And are you suggesting that the authorities, if they don't go looking <laughs> too hard, they won't necessarily find it because it's going to be difficult if they do they're not looking because i don't think they have the tools set up to be able to once they discover how wide and how much it's crept into the game the, the embarrassment factor you've got sponsors you're starting you're at the tip of the iceberg so it's a little like a few other sports where they're starting to bring in sport integrity units, but they bring them in at a certain stage to balance up because they can't afford the damage financially, credibility, sponsors, fans, the whole lot. So you, you're going to see this time that uh, we won't, we'll get more and more of these surprises until they're prepared to go and there. Now, if you ask me what a number is, we know that in, just in the U.S. they spent about $150 billion on sports betting, right? just in the U.S., one of the largest sports betting. That is growing at a phenomenal rate of about 30% every year and, and climbing, right? In the U.K., the Europe, it's a very similar number. Now, put on top of the, the betting outcomes you can get and what you could do with that, you're talking billions of dollars again on the illegal market that can come through on any type of betting on the sport. Now, there was, there's been a lot of bets just recently just on coaches and managers in the football league changing. Who's in, who's out, and things like that. And everybody wants to find a new way of, of betting. And... and I would say it, it literally it's got to be in the billions and billions of dollars, and there's no. But surely that does that not does that not open up for like am I being too dramatic here? Organised crime what, to be involved. That, that in, word in, was just going through my. Do you mind. know what I mean? Mafia. Yeah. 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 You know, well, surely these yeah. are, these figures would attract organised crime. Yeah. Well, the great the interesting thing, and I'm glad you you mentioned that point uh, because. The interesting point about when you read about that recent Arsenal fire and what it is and how they're going to look at it and investigate it is nobody knows where the Football Association begins on its investigation and ends to where it becomes a criminal matter. And when the police take up, now you read in that book, the police said it wasn't within our interest to look at another one because they're not set up to look at financial 
sport criminal uh, match fixing, there's not a unit for it. So the biggest dilemma we have is, does the Football Association do more work on looking at match fixing and how it solves it? At the moment, it outsources it to betting. So the betting agencies have to, by law, say, look, you've got a suspicious betting pattern. Just tell us. Wow. <laughs> Is that going to do anything? <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we are actually at a, a juncture in the game where, I don't know when the police comes on and says it's a police matter. I don't know when the football association or the club says it at a club level. Um, and then nobody knows how to investigate it because... You're right. Organized crime is a specialist task. They put on it international money transfers, betting from overseas, from Asia on an English football stick. It is so complex that nobody wants their hands dirty on this, and nobody knows where to begin or end on anything. So um, we're going to see more of it slip through, more of these little gray areas that come up where that looked a little odd or the goalkeeper was having an off day. But there's no tools at the moment. Uh, Stuart, are, are we close, in your opinion, to sitting down one day and saying, you know that World Cup final? That wasn't right. Or do you know that Champions League final? That wasn't right. Are we close to that? I think we're close to it because I think as much as the tools have done and everybody's been trying to, they're still like exactly what happened at recently at Arsenal, right? An individual action. Mm-hmm. So something could happen. I mean, as we all know, one of the most vital players on the field is the goalkeeper. Yeah. Now at a World Cup game, what what would you do if you're in a you know a, a sort of you know a situation and you know, somebody comes along and literally says, you can get 20 million euros, just have a bad day. Look I mean, I mean, at my age now, I might be tempted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all in the wrong, yeah. we're all in the wrong game, right? Wow. Well, it's staggering, Stuart. Honestly, I, I, we, we, we are going to have to come back to it. Sadly, we, we, uh, time has beaten us as it often does. But uh, honestly, when you... Jim, one last thing. Should betting companies be allowed to sponsor football clubs? Well, there's the ethical dilemma because um, it's putting betting that is okay and it's putting it onto the shirt. But um, is it actually being regulated? I actually think that it will probably go... I, I don't think it, it's good for the game because eventually I think it will be like a Formula 1, right? right? Remember the days you used to see Marlboro? Yeah, mm. yeah. And all those things on the car? Yeah. And then suddenly you realise the consumer, it's not good, it's not helping, there's some things associated. Gambling is a disease, we know that. Gambling is associated with also illegal betting. So eventually... It's not going to do the game any good. But at the moment, they've got big money and there's a lot of Chinese gambling companies that do a lot of sponsorship. I just think there's going to fill the void of that sponsorship. So I think at the moment, we're stuck with sort of financial deficit until somebody else comes forward. So, And that's what happened in the Formula One. So I... 
Stuart, yeah. thank you again. You've thanks, Stuart. given us much to think about. Thank oh, you. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, thanks very much, Richard and Andy. Stuart, Always a pleasure. No, it's, thanks, it's great for us, Stuart. Your, I love your show. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thanks. Okay. Nice to talk. Stay All in touch. Right. Stay in touch, yeah, please. Keep sending it. Right. Thank Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Right. I mean, we shouldn't laugh, but my goodness. No, it's scary. Jeez. Mm. Scary. Interesting that he thinks, <laughs> he thinks a World Cup final or, not, or a Champions League final might be dodgy. Yeah. Close. It might be close. But think of the money these guys are anyway. And yet, yeah, when, when is enough ever enough? Yeah, exactly. For anybody. Uh, exactly. 30 mil, just to... Yeah, let have a bad day. <laughs> Goodness I played with some goalkeepers who were down fortune. <laughs> Should be very rich <laughs> yeah, men by yeah. now. <laughs> not, big, uh, not big Nev, though, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on. Let's talk Everton. Yeah. And uh, our second guest is, uh, well, your mate, I'd like to think... Our mate. Our mate, yeah. Peter Reid. Peter Reid joins us. Reedy, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. How are you two doing? Good, All good. Still surviving <laughs> here. Yeah. Flourishing, uh, I think, yeah. is the better word, Andy. Yeah, we've missed not seeing Reedy here. We've missed everybody. Yeah, we've missed yeah. everybody for the yeah, last yeah. two years. Well, but, uh, I, well I'm traumatised about <laughs> my team, so uh, oh, yeah. I'm glad you two are doing okay. Oh, well, listen, we are, tra- we are still, I am still traumatised about our team as well, so I don't worry about that. <laughs> listen, Reedy, things are likely to move on today. Uh, I've mentioned already in the podcast, we're recording Friday morning. I'm told that Goodison uh, Chiefs, as I read here, uh, are expected to make a decision today on their manager. Um, of the candidates that are available, do you have a preferred choice? Now, could you just uh, tell me the candidates? <laughs> I, uh, well, I knew you were going to say that. Know, the candidates are allegedly, well, naturally, yes, Vitor uh, Pereira. No, Duncan Ferguson. Mm-hmm. He's in the seat. Right. Wayne Rooney. Right. Frank Lampard. Right. Vitor Pereira. Okay who I think most Evertonians have already made their feelings known about. But yeah. bearing in mind what happened when Fahad Mashiri appointed Rafa Benitez, will that in any way affect his thinking? Now, there's, there's a contradiction in your question there because you started off saying the powers that be are going to yes. make a choice. Yes. And then you just mentioned the owner um, personally. Agreed. So... Um, who makes the choice? And I've got a feeling that it is Mr. Mashiri. Mm. Um, and I think some of the appointments have been um, questionable, let's just say. Let's be kind. Mm. I'm no, not let's not. They've been awful, some <laughs> yeah. of them, really. <laughs> the trip been one. Well, 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 been got, well, Reedy's got to go back. I, I know, but I don't, yeah. I don't quite yet. <laughs> but most Evertonians would say that they've been awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it, the game's about opinion. Mm. The, the, I mean, Rafa Benitez, and I've got no accident with Rafa except for calling Everton small club after the derby game. But we'll put that away. Mm-hmm. Put that one away. The 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 one that um, listen when he got the job, I, I I wasn't for it. But anyone who manages Everton, I, I will support because I'll support the club. Mm-hmm. But it was a no win. It was a no win. For Rafa Benitez, and more importantly for me, Everton. It was just a waste of time. And and then you come back. I mean, I'm getting off who I think should have the job. I'll tell you who I think should have the job. I'd go for Lampard. I know um, I've seen him work. Uh, 
Derby County do a good job. Um, Chelsea did again give enough time. Chelsea don't usually give managers no. time, but the, the, they're quite successful doing that, going down that road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm one, one of them who, who likes uh, managers to get the you know, time to develop uh, a team and a club strategy. Now, a club strategy, once it's in place, I, let me get on to the, 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 the crooks of the matter, one of the crooks of the matter to me. The recruitment of yeah. footballers, of players, mm. there doesn't seem to have been one at Everton Football Club or if it, they have one, it hasn't worked. We do, we've spent over worked. 500 million quid and, I mean, there's been recruitment, isn't there? But it's just the choice of the recruits yeah. that's been lacking. Yeah, is it managers? Is it was it Marcel Brand? Was it Mr. Walsh before him? Who is it? With so the, 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 the new manager going in? If I mean, I've been a manager, and um, I like I like the recruit. If, if I went to my uh, scouting department or what it's called now, mm-hmm. recruitment mm-hmm. department, and said. Right players, I'd want a list of mm-hmm. goalkeepers, right back, centre halves, mm-hmm. you, you know, strikers, attacking midfield players. It used to just be midfield players, but now you've got to put attacking midfield players and defensive <laughs> midfield. Well, you've got to have six, number eight, and tens. Six, eight, six, eight and ten, six, really, eight, yeah. Ten, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 and a calculator. But you, tick, you get me points. So, so the whole, the whole structure of Everton Football Club seems. To me, to have not been functioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yes. Can I ask you, Reed, so, about? Right, right, can I ask you as well? Like, like, I just want to ask you this before you go on. Why, mm-hmm. why do we need to be in a hurry to appoint a new manager? I mean, Jan- what I'm January, saying is January window. No, January's There's gone. Hours left. It's three hours. Yeah. Three days left. Yeah. So what I'm saying, Reed, why do we need to be in a hurry? It's an appointment they have to get round. Mashiri has to get right this yeah. time. Six attempts, is it? Well, when you see, I'm glad Reedy picked me up. I did phrase my question, the uh-huh. first one, purposely like that, because I think Mr. Mashiri has been trying to shift a little bit of blame along the line to others, hasn't he? And has included mm. Bill Kenwright, I, I, I read, in the conversations with Vito Pereira. Right. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. And I definitely don't agree that Evertonian should turn on Bill. Yeah. I, I mean, what, I, I, I just yeah. don't. Why are we in a hurry to a point, Reedy? Couldn't Duncan Ferguson well, you, get by a bit of time to the why, end of the season? Yeah. I'll tell you why I think. Go on. I've been invited to the Newcastle away game. I think we're in trouble. <laughs> I've been watched us. I was at the game, the Villa game, and uh, the way we are at the moment, I can't see us getting results. We're not and when down. you don't get results... <laughs> We're not going down. Well, well, well. You, you, if no. you just answer me question. No. I am. I am. I was going to say another word. There. Yeah, I you were going. Yeah, no. but you can say it. You were crapping yourself. We're going down. That's what you were going to yeah, say. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Shit to me, yeah. yeah, that's, um, so, that's better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really. So, so, and I'm. I, I just, I just got a feeling that I think there's there's more Evertonians. And I think there's people, or Mr. Majeri, is in panic stations as well. So, but I, I've been invited to the game. I, I don't want to go. It was like uh, when I was invited to the Derby game mm. um, recently. I didn't want to go because I thought we were going to get beat, and I was right. Mm. And I, I, I've got a feeling we're going to get beat at St. James's Park. And if you keep getting beat, it's 
it's going to be a struggle to stay up for them. Mm. No, we're not going to keep getting beat. Well, I hope I am. No. Hey, listen, no, no, listen I, I, don't, I can't believe I'm saying what I'm about to say well, to you. I, I'm about to say to you that I regard that this year there are three worst teams in the Premier League than Everton. Now, how shocking is that, I think you say, for Evertonian? Well, how, how yeah, bad yeah. is it that, as I <laughs> said, reading before you joined us, that the, the, the prerequisite, the, the most important thing any new coach at Everton can do, has to do, is keep them in the Premier League. I, 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 I thought we'd moved way beyond that time, way beyond those struggles that, that I remember Howard Kendall well, having. And, well, oh, dear. I know I'm on... Well, Andy, would, would you... Would you just say, "All right, Duncan, you you get it done, keep us up, and then by his time, till the summer, and then we've got we can look at this long and hard, and then take time to make our choice." I, I, I think that's a, I, I think that's I think really that's a really good option. Duncan knows the club; he's been there for right. years yeah. and years. He's done the better. He's he's yeah. taken over before. He he knows the players. You know, they're not, there's not mm. a new coach coming in with different ideas, wanting different players, different that's system. That, Duncan knows that, the players, so yeah, he can get he can that, get three or four months. And listen, who knows how we would do? Who knows what? But what it would do, it would give us an opportunity to sit back uh, and and not rush into it. Now, listen, whoever they appoint might be the perfect coach. I get that, right? They might appoint somebody tomorrow or today, as Keezy thinks. Might be Frank. Say it was Frank Lampard. Now, might, Frank might turn out to be the best coach since um, since Howard Kendall. We don't know that, right? But what I'm yeah. saying is, do we need to rush into it? That's all I was. That's all I'm saying. Well, it, it, I, and I take your point, and, and, and the, the beauty of our game, mm. which, which is why we talk about it, mm. is that I went to the game. And the team that Duncan picked, uh, and when I seen it before, I was sitting with Colin mm. Harvey at the time and Derek Temple, too great. I, I thought, wow, I, I can't see this team winning. Mm. I think Cal- Calvin Lewin is struggling for fitness, mm. but um, you know, so, so, I, I thought Gomez and Decorey, there was no legs in there, mm-hmm. and I just thought the setup of the team. I mean, it was nearly as bad as Rafa's set up when he had James <laughs> Coleman at left, left wing back against Brighton. Oh, well, we know that, it's, yeah. It's, like uh, I said, know. it's a bad opinion. So then you go, so then you go on. Uh, Duncan knows the players better than me, but I, I just thought it was, you know, I, I thought, wow. And and then you go back to, you know, and I, I, I ain't going back. We just go back to Rafa and, and, and giving money to buy the left back, and then. The right back from Rangers and uh, from uh, the Russian team, and you're thinking, well, this, it, it, it smacks a panic all around. Yeah. That's mm. why. And by the way, I, 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 by the I, way, really, allowing them, allowing them to sell Dina as well. Yeah, another one. Well, <laughs> I mean, Dean is apparently fell out with him, and it, it, see, that's that's the turmoil the club's in. So yeah. I understand you saying hey, Duncan could settle that, um, and then you come back. I just thought the Villa game, mm-hmm. I thought it was an ideal game for the, the, the good of some faithful to get behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd come flying just out. Yeah, me it, too. Just, it, it just didn't happen. No. It just didn't happen. And I've got an answer to the question, do they need to appoint now? Yeah, go on. How about this as a compromise? Go on. If they're thinking Vito Pereira, wait. Right. If they want Frank <laughs> Lampard, do it no. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah, do it now. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best option. Knows yeah. the league, 
uh, will know a little bit about the club. Uh, good young, yeah, yeah, good yeah, young lad. Yeah. I mean, eloquent. Well, he, 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 listen, um, he, he'll know, he knows the Premier League. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Pereira has, has been away in China. He's been managing in Turkey. Um, CV early on was good, but I just don't know. We, we need to be up and running um, at Goodison Park. And then we need a whole structure within mm. the football club. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there'll be... They need to be reviewed from top to bottom, as we know. But basically, at this moment in time, as as confident as, as Andy is about three worst teams, uh, there's always someone I, I, stuck, I it, stuck into it. do have it on good authority that Darren Farley is backing Frank Lampard because he's very much you missed him over these past few years. He's gutted his lost rapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not, not to make too light of it yeah. and by the way if Sharpie's now on the board yes. then they need a new ambassador and my, my pick for that ambassador is Peter Reid get him back in exactly. amongst uh, the football club and around yeah. about the place and, and get it going well, well, again this is, this is what I was saying without uh, making really blush on, on, on the podcast but as I told you that Sharpie's there already a, a, a true Evertonian being associated with the club for 40 years or something like that really Evertonian yeah. through and through, still there in the country, yeah. passionate about the club, knowledgeable about football. Why does Mashiri not tap into these guys? This is what I don't get, Keezy. There's another reason, and it's it's not one that we can I think, the man, the dig man, into the here. Man, hey, listen, I'm not bigging myself up. I'm made up Sharpies on the board. I, I, I know what Graham's like. Mm. I think, well, I know he'll give a forthright opinion. Which, which I think you've got to. Indeed. Um, if I was involved in anywhere, I try to give forthright opinions. If mm-hmm. people don't like that, and it's not not to argue, it's just to give an opinion because no no man's an island. No. You know, there's different people out there with different opinions. And at this moment in time, I think um, I think Mr. Mercieri is, is the owner, makes all the big decisions, and I'm not sure the people around them, and I don't count Bill Kenwright as one of these people because I know he didn't well, uh, I know he didn't have input on managers coming in um, the people who Mr. Mashiri is surrounding him with, I don't think they've got the necessary um, experience no. in football well they've got experience in football but not great experience no. in players they might be able to move players but I'm not sure about a knowledge of players and manager of managers uh, that it would survive Everton Football Club. I think we've tap danced as best we can around a very, very difficult issue. And Reedy, thank you for joining us. Cheers, Paul. Appreciate it. Take it easy, Cheers, lad. Me, Thanks, Reedy. See you soon, Reedy. Week. See you, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Events Andy are likely to overtake us. I, I, I suspect if what I'm reading today is, is, is true, I repeat that. But uh, whatever they do now, Whatever they do, yeah. and, and really said it, you, you want to back the new manager. Let's hope they get this one right. Oh, he's got to. Imagine the pressure he'll be under if he doesn't get this one right. Mashiri. Wow. But that's the contradiction. <laughs> because yeah. he came in with all the money and, and, and he's delivered, or is delivering, it would appear, Brownlee Dock, and, yeah. and, and he has spent, in fairness. Yeah. I've said that about him. But can't argue with that. It just hasn't done the right things. No. Uh, contact us at Keys and Grey Pod, A and D Keys and Grey Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we will not be here next week because, like the rest of the Premier League, we're taking a mid-season break. Oh, right, okay. Yes. Okay. So we will be back. Thanks very much for that. We <laughs> we will be back week after next.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 